Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Top of the Table. I am Brian Bentley, along with Chris Ballard there in your middle, coming from Connecticut. Hank Alexander in your right, coming from Boston. And the uh, the lovely blue uh, space behind us is Elac. Hola, What's cracking? What's happening? You, well, I, I wanted to bring you on. I sent him a text about an hour ago. I said, hey, you want to come on and go- gloat? And I immediately got the response in all caps of yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. It's a beautiful day here in uh, South Central L.A., man. I'm here on 24th in Normandy at a kid's party. But I'm good, you know. My kids have their pocket knives, and we're safe, man. We're safe. <laughs> so that was one of the things we were going to talk about uh, at the start of the show were uh, the trades that Chivas made this week. And I, I wanted to, and that was capped off with, with the uh, El Clasico win last night, a 1-0 win. Um, but I wanted to get somebody that would know a little better than we would and would bring probably a little more um, passion to it than we would. <laughs> oh, you know me, man. I'm all passion. I got too much passion for myself. So, hey, uh, Elak, talk about maybe, who won in this trade, really. The, uh, let's talk about specifically about the, uh, the Caliph trade. You give up Lahoud and allocation money. For Danny Califf, is that gonna? Is Lahoud was a pretty solid player in your midfield. Is this gonna screw things up for you guys, or what? No, I mean, let me be honest, man. Let me preface what I'm about to say um, with this. I, I'm, hold I'm on, I gotta pour my margarita. Yeah, hold on. Let me sip another bit of my my Cadillac. No, he, he, he really he really does right. have a pitcher of margaritas in his desk today. <laughs> oh, it's true, man. It, it's, it's the same one I've had for the last uh, 12 hours. Um, yeah, man, no, let me just say this, man. Um, I love this team. I love this franchise, the ownership, you know, the, the fans, but most of all the supporters. And I think what uh, what transpired on Thursday was was kind of mind-blowing on, on many levels. Uh, as you guys know, I have a podcast, What the Flock, and that particular morning I was trying to uh, get a hold of Jose name who's our, uh, our general manager. And... Yeah. Um, he was in the process of actually um, doing all these trades, but he didn't say anything to me, nothing. And I'm like, hey, man, do you want to come on our show? And he's like, well, is it calling? You know, I'm a little busy. I, my wife's about to have a baby. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, no worries. So later that afternoon, uh, we're playing our, our uh, Bada Clasico with all the uh, L.A. supporter groups playing the Chivas USA supporter groups. And one of the guys like, hey, did you, you know, we're all just buzzing around with all these trades. And he's like, oh, did you know Domine's wife had a baby? I'm like, give me a break. This guy makes two blockbuster deals and his wife delivers a baby. I mean, this guy's a stud. So anyways, man, that's how it went down. So to answer your question, I mean, LaHood was a guy that was drafted by Frankie. He was a guy that we felt, you know, he could play anywhere in the midfield. He played a little bit up top his first year. And then last year, you know, he he was serviceable in in the back. But, you know, I think with with the – the inclusion of uh, James Riley and um, all these uh, Ecuadorian and uh, South American midfielders. I mean, he's a little bit, little bit expendable. Having said that, he looked great in the preseason, and he pulled his hammy right before the first game. Right. So he, he hadn't played for a while, but he was ready to come back on. So losing him, I mean, there was a lot of us, you know, I would say a great majority of us in the supporters uh, aside, just like Bowen, because he was leaving. You know, here's another guy like the, like a Justin Braun. You know, maybe guys that nobody really knows or cares about, but you know, they're guys that are part of our team. And you know, 
we were we were reading all this stuff about Danny Caleb, like you know he doesn't get out with Peter Nowak, or Nowak doesn't like him anymore. He's out of the he's in a doghouse, and we're like, well, you know, we'll see how that goes. I mean, hopefully he'll want to come here. I mean, he's, he's from Montclair, man. And right. then you compound that with the Aguilero for Heat Pierce deal, and when you put both deals together, I mean, I I feel you know even though, even though we are paying uh, part of a uh, Heat Pierce's contract. He was our highest paid guy. He's our left back playing center, uh, center back for us. And the trade, you know, for us it works out. And I think for both teams, I think it works out well. I'm not so sure so much about Philly, but definitely New York. So having said that, man, you saw what went down last night. I'm sure you guys know, you know, that uh, but both those guys had a, had an immediate impact last night. So you know what, I man? I'm down. You know, I'm down for what's going on. I, right I think now. the only bad part about these deals for Chivas is that they. Is that they lose? Well, let me try to try to word this correctly. The New York gets eighty percent of any Aguadelo transfer fee. That's wild. Eighty percent? I didn't know it was that much. I thought it was. How that do you do that? Yeah. Well, here, here's the thing with that, man. I mean, there's also a chance that Aguadelo might not uh, might not even stick around after right. season. But right. you guys know, you know, I, I've been having a hard time trying to like understand what's going on with our team and why we're not scoring, why we're not winning at home. And, you know, you bring a guy like that, and even if he's only here till the end of the season, I mean, that's all we really need is just a catapult. I mean, we have other guys. But Agudelo's a special player. Um, he definitely came after uh, the, the game to embrace the supporters, and, you know, we welcomed him. You know, we welcomed Danny Caleb, who looks like he belongs in a rockabilly band, man. But anyway, Those sideburns are unbelievable, aren't they? I love it. The 70s cool yeah, down back. Yeah, man. It, 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 was, it was a really cool night last night. But, uh, yeah, no, to, to spend on that, man, I mean, we, we might be losing Aguilero. I totally understand that. But we're so desperate to score. And we've been leaking goals. We've been losing games in the, in the last 10 minutes of the game. We've been, uh, uh, you know, losing our leads, you know, in the last 10 minutes of the game. So we need somebody who's going to be a bit of a nail, you know, just a guy who's just going to be a jerk and, and organize and make forward spear our back line, and we already have what I think is the best, you know, goalkeeper in the, in the league. So having those two together and then, you know, having a little bit of a scoring punch, I mean, I thought it, I thought it was a good deal yeah, for Yeah, Dan us. Kennedy's been standing on his head all season. He's been amazing, and yeah, I, I'm surprised. Uh, well, I'm not totally surprised being Jurgen Klinsmann, but I was kind of hoping that he would get a call up and um, in this round. Maybe, maybe we'll see him in the summertime after uh, – Prior to the stuff in September, Qual- the qualifiers. other qualifiers. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. He's 29 now, though, isn't he? So he's a bit old to be coming into the he's team. He's a goalkeeper. For the first. <laughs> well, no, but, I mean, you've got Howard, you know, who's, I guess, 34 now. Yeah. And then you've got two younger guys behind him. You've got to think that Clinton's going to be the kind of guy to, once Howard shuffles away, he's going to bring the younger guy in and put him in the position for... Eden Johnson. Yeah, I mean, I think probably Hamid's the one who's going to be, you know, he's going to end up taking the mantle. I don't see, I don't see Kennedy being the go-to guy. You know, once Howard leaves, maybe he'll be in the squad, but I don't see him getting a lot of playing time. Well, could be. It's a shame up. because he deserves it. He's been, he's been brilliant for not just this season but last year. Yeah, as well. Kennedy's had to do a lot and borderline playing defense as well. Um, yes. so- yeah, he's been the fifth guy on that line, but. I mean, the way I see it, man, if Brad Friedel and his phony, you know, English accent could still be playing <laughs> for, 
for Tontan, man, I mean, I don't see why Dan Kennedy can still play at least, uh, you know, another handful of years at, at this top level. And he's really been playing well. So, uh, so Chivas are going to travel to uh, New York this week. New York 8-1-1 one one in their last 10. Uh, Chivas starting to get a little bit of momentum. I don't want to put them on too high of a pedestal. Um, but last night's win is a big win for you guys. Uh, what do you think happens this week at New York? I don't know, man. New York's always like a weird place. I mean, last year, uh, Justin Braun scored a hat trick. And he just made he just made that New York defense look foolish. So hopefully, you know, Agudelo finds a little bit of inspiration for the team that didn't really give him a, a fair chance. And, you know, uh, we all kind of talked about it. It was kind of like the only in the room. Everybody likes Heath Pierce out here. Everybody respected that guy. Everybody wanted that guy to be successful, but he wasn't an organizer of defense. And, you know, now that he's gone and he's happy to be playing in a big market, lucky for him, woohoo. Um, you know, now we can talk about it. Now we can just say, look, he was a great guy, but he wasn't the guy that we needed him to be. And Danny Caleb is. So, moving on, I, I, I see us playing a good game, a tight game. I mean, they're on fire. They are definitely the best team on the East Coast right now. Sorry, KC. So, We'll see how it goes down, brother. It's a midweek game. I don't know. I, I like our chances. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it's a great game. And, uh, you know, how how bad is L.A. right now, Galaxy? That's a house of cards right now. It really is. It's wow. terrible. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I take no extra pleasure in watching that, that, that other team. And hey, LA, you know, like, okay, I do. I'm lying. Um, <laughs> but you know, you know, Robbie Keane's not there. Beckham, you know, just came out of the. They're not. They're not right, and they haven't been right. And I don't know if they're going to get right anytime soon. But you know, those are the games that we have to win. Those are the games that we have to finish. Those are the games that we have to put our step in LA and let everybody know, like, hey, our goats are not down. They're not punks. They're not chumps. They're not going to take it from anybody. Certainly from those punks and blue and, and gold. Yeah. It's it's crazy, man. And uh, was it Nick just put up on the in the chat room that uh, you know Landon hasn't looked particularly good since his Everton stint? Yeah, I don't I don't know. There were a couple of times last night where he was up, he was forward, he didn't have anybody supporting, and uh, you know that's not what he's used to. You, you can't take on three guys every single time. And uh, aside for that one stupid cheeky handball that uh, which we've seen him do in the past, but. Um, you know, I think given the supporting cast, if he had the supporting cast around him, he'd be performing. They're just not a good team right now. No, they're not. You got a you got a question, Keen? I think we spoke to Via recently, and he was saying that that Keen is kind of protecting himself from any kind of injury until he goes to the Euros, and Beckham's probably protecting himself from any kind of injury until he goes to the Olympic team, presumably. Um. I see Beckham was in Greece on Thursday, England Friday, and then flew back Friday evening or Friday afternoon. So kind of got to question his commitment again. Um, it's just the, the rest of the team isn't good enough to carry them when, those, when their three players aren't performing, and they haven't been performing really at all this season. Well, I thought last night, especially in the, in the second half, um, that uh, L.A. was getting beat along that right side uh, badly by uh, Bolaños. I mean, he was just a cu- you know he had a sh- just a couple of shots. Um, he the post, yeah. didn't he? I mean, he, yeah, yeah. he the post in the thirty fourth minute. Yeah, man. and he just continued all night just to just to have speed on that right side. Um, and I think once things start to gel, 
and there's somebody either up top, uh, you know, to support him, or he's getting a little more in the middle on those runs. I mean, it could have very easily been three nothing. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing about Robin Fraser that he's got to start to learn uh, that that I that I think we've all kind of figured out is that he needed Caleb to solidify our back line and just get all those guys on the same page together for all ninety minutes and not just like eighty minutes so that we could attack. I mean, we got a lot of dudes that just like to run, man. Right. I mean, I don't know if you guys know this. Riley was up on there. I mean, Minda was just cracking people's ankles. He was breaking up plays left and right and making up space, you know. Alejandro Moreno's got, like, what, you know, another 50 years before he retires? I mean, I don't know how that guy does it. But, you know, we were, we were ready to attack, and, and Frazier finally just said, okay, let's do it, 4-3-3. I mean, you start Agudelo. That guy's only been in the... <laughs> been in the locker room for like a day, man. If that, so, you know, obviously he has the confidence. Right? Yeah, yeah, guys. And he ended up playing seventy six minutes in his first game. Pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. And it gets called into the uh, U.S. Men's National Team camp. So uh, that was surprising to me. Wow. That was. <laughs> I was surprised he got called up today, actually, considering he hasn't been playing. Yeah, you know, no, I like to see him do well because. Clear New Yorker didn't work out once Henri arrived, and I believe that they still have Luke Rogers' locker in their locker room there in New York. So you, it's pretty obvious that they're going to do all they can to get him back. Right. So you know, once he returned, then there was always going to be the chance that Agudelo was out on it. You know, on the outside looking in. So probably a move for both of them. You know, for him and for Pierce, probably worked out pretty well all around. I'm getting a text. Text from Mark asking if we're doing the show, and I'm trying to see if he wants to come on. Uh, if I can get him, Elak, uh, I would love to let you uh, kind of rub his nose in it. And, and then... <laughs> now, nah, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna get going. I think my kids are having a knife fight inside the All jumper. Right. Nice, uh, nice. Well, I got, Welcome to South I got Central. Money on the small one. <laughs> there you go. Man. All right, man. Hey, Thanks, guys. That, that's Elak. You can check him out. Uh, Whattheflock.buzzsprout.com. Uh, uh, you can follow him online at What the Flock Pod, or you can follow him at East LA Chiva. You like you're a good man. Congratulations. Enjoy your week. Thank you, sir. Thanks. You guys too. See you. I'm having margarita malfunctions. How can you have a malfunction with a margarita? Well, the the real secret to margarita is to that let the uh, yeah <laughs> let let the ice and the margarita mix really uh, come to room temperature before you put it in the blender and then just throw that out and drink the tequila. But um, what I'm what I got here just seems to be all ice at the moment. So obviously I need to go put more tequila in it and hit the blender again. But rookie mistake. Mm. Uh, let's stick with Philadelphia real quick. The one of the other components in that trade, Philadelphia. Uh, I. I Still pulling out a one-one tie here in Dallas last night. Both teams. Um, I made the remark to to a guy after the game. It, it felt like a reserve team game, um, <laughs> and, and it, that wasn't not to be disparaging to um, either team or to the players involved. But there's no Fabian Castillo for Dallas. No Breck Shea who was suspended three games. Uh, we'll touch on that in just a second. Uh, no Ugo Hemelu. Uh, Anand Partiz went down with an injury during the game. Um, there was no Freddie Adu for Philly. Or after uh, Lahoud did start, but after right. making these trades, um, it was um, Lahoud was lucky to stay on as yeah. well. And did you say McMath was out too? Yeah. I mean, there was. I mean, and the 
the official last night has a history of um, going to the yellow card, but never to the red. And there were a couple challenges on both sides that we should have seen at least two red cards last night. Never happened. Um, I know after the game, Shell's uh, Hyman was not happy about the officiating. Um, yeah. I'm not going to blame anything on the officiating. The hood should have been out in the first half. It was uh, that was a very very lucky for him that he did not get the second the second. Yeah, he off. made a horrible challenge after it already been booked, which probably could have been a, a red card on his own because it was so. it was late and it was high and it was studs up. And I right. was I was shocked he didn't get sent off, even if it was just for second yellow. Yep. Yeah, it was, he was a guy just trying to make his mark, I guess, on his team, play hard. Yeah. But you know, man, that was just stupid. Um, but in the end, you know, one-one draw is that a deserved result? I think so. I just, I honestly, I can't work out Philadelphia. I can't work out what their plan is because it seems like Novak's got rid of anybody who would ever tell him no or question his authority. You know, he got rid of Latou and he's got rid of now Caliph was the last guy who was old enough to buy a drink on his own, I think. And they, and it's it's. So much as though he's building a team of people who are just going to say yes, boss, and accept anything he says, even if the team's going off a cliff. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I don't. I'd like to know what dimension he's living in because it's not close to reality right now. The guy is uh, deluding himself. He's kind of a pathological liar, don't you think? I mean, he's making up stories. What people said that they wanted to go on this trade and they wanted to do this and they. Oh, he's got an injury. Well, yeah, no. Caleb's injured, and Caleb's like, "No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm fine." <laughs> but then he said, "Yeah, we talked with Danny about moving him back to California. We knew it was going to happen at some point." And Danny's like, "I don't remember that conversation." And so much, so much. Yeah. So his wife went on the team's Facebook page and said, "Danny did not want to be traded." Period. Yeah, well, they, they deleted they, they, it, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. right. Facebook, so, right? Yeah, I love that. But it's uh, yeah, Noak. I don't know, man. If he can't turn things around there. Uh, it's not going to be good for him. He's going to be done. Well, let's before let's stick over. with that same same uh, same theory. And how long is John Spencer for the Portland Timbers? He's got about an hour and forty five minutes, so I guess if really? uh, if they don't win tonight, I got to think he's going to be out. I mean, I don't know what's happening with the ownership. I, I, I joked on the chat board before we came on that. You've got to assume he has some pictures of Merritt Paulson in some kind of uncompromising position because. <laughs> A lot of ownership groups would have fired him by now, um, because the results haven't been good. Last year, they you know they just missed out in the playoffs. They made a, put a good performance up at home for most of the year, but this year they've been awful. And you know, I don't think it's you know Kenny Cooper moving out and doing well in New York. I don't think it has any bearing on you know it sucks when that kind of stuff happens, but it's almost it almost always happens when you let somebody go. It's kind of an unwritten rule in football that he's going to come back and bite you in the ass at some point. Um, but the guys they've brought in with Boyd, I think we've said this on the last two or three shows that I've been on. You know, Boyd is the goal scorer, but if you're not putting the ball in the right areas, he's not going to score goals. But how many? He's, he's had 29 shots. He's had four goals. And yeah, I think a, four. Is that a healthy average? I mean, I don't know how many he's going to. I don't know. I just think that we'd expect more out of him. A lot of those shots, he should have. He hasn't even been able to get on frame, and he's been by himself in front of the box. I remember the LA game when he should have scored three in the first half. He should have scored three in New England. Yeah, but you know, and I think he's not somebody who's going to score a lot of goals from outside the area. He needs to be inside the area on the end of crosses, and and the team 
almost isn't set up to, to provide that for him. And I think it's, I'd like to see him do well, obviously, because I want Portland to do well. But it seems to be the same problem this year with Boyd as it was last year with Cooper. And we've seen this year with Cooper and as well previously with Dallas that if you get, get Cooper the ball, he's going to score plenty of goals for you. So right. it's not one of those situations where you can say, "Ah, oh, well, the guy wasn't good enough." Um, so what does he got to do to set up the team so that Chris Boyd can start scoring? I mean, he's got some of the best wingers in the game, Al Hassan's, and uh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, he, they, they've been carrying some players. In, they've been carrying Jewsbury in midfield. I don't know if he's playing tonight. I think I read somewhere that they have a different captain, so maybe he's been dropped. Um, but Dewsbury has not had a good start to the season at all. Last year he was pretty imperious. Oh, I see Nick just says that Dewsbury's out um, and Diego Chara's captain, which is good. Although I haven't been that impressed with Chara either. Um, you know, the, the team seems to be equipped to attack quickly down the wing, but some of the guys who are putting the crosses in are putting the crosses straight out for right. a goal kick, which is probably one of my most, you know, one of the things that I hate the most when I'm watching a football match. You take it past the fullback and then the cross sails out of play. That's probably the most frustrating thing you can ever see, especially if you have a striker who's made a career on getting on the end of good crosses. Um, I think Spencer's a bit unsure what to do with Nagby. Um, because, you know, he's talented, you can't really deny that. And even the goals he scored this year already, you know that the, guy, the kid has a lot about him. But when you have somebody of Boyd's supposed to, you know, stature... You kind of have to build the team around him. Um, and I think they should be doing more with the players that they acquired last year in the draft and through uh, waivers and all that kind of stuff. Because I think Nagby, if you can get the ball to him in dangerous areas, I think he can be a really, really good player in this league. Do you see any similarity between um, uh, John Spencer in terms of his playing style and his coaching style not meshing and Robin Frazier and the Chivas staff made up primarily of defensemen and their lack of scoring? Hmm. Well, Spencer as a player was always, he wasn't the most talented guy, but he worked his balls off still deep for 90 Uh-oh. minutes. And that's, you know, that seems to be what he's trying to get. I mean, I'm, I, I never really saw him in MLS. I saw him in, in the Premiership or Division One as was. Um, hello, Mark. But um, it, it's... Mark. Look at this guy. <laughs> but it's one of those, oh my God, that's kind of frightening. Immediately... Ah! <laughs> Are you there in Houston, I am. I am in Houston. Uh, Eli yeah. sends his love, by the way. How's Eli? Uh, he was very. Ex- he was buzzing. very happy when we just talked to him. Sure, first time in five years. He needs to be. I mean, that was. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead, Chris. You were talking about someone in the we're premiership. Gonna have, we're gonna have a man no, I was just on next to just compound it while you're down. No, no I'm hey, kidding. No, go, I know. I was go, just Chris. saying that. Like, I was just saying that Spencer, as a player, was a very hard worker and. You see him, his coaching style is very much that kind of type. He doesn't let his players rest for a second. He's always shouting and exhorting them to do better. I just don't know if he has the anything more than shouting at people. Um, I think you need a bit more tactically to be able to do anything, and he doesn't seem to have the answers to the questions that his team are posing. What the hell do you have on your hand there, Vio? It's, it's a oh, spider toy from McDonald's. Nice. No, on your hand. The laser thing on your hand. On your hand. Oh, it's a little LED toy from McDonald's. Uh, I thought you were the Green Lantern. No, that's a different. I'm the Brown that's a Lantern toy from McDonald's. <laughs> brown Lantern. <laughs> I don't want to know about Brown Lantern. <laughs> he, he channels the power of coffee. 
Sorry, the wife's here. Hi, wife. Hello. Here's the wife and the kid. Very cute video yesterday, by the way, Monk. Nothing. He's getting his he's getting his pedicure. Yeah. So what have you guys covered so far? No, Sorry, you're fine. We just had uh, we had Elak on discussing uh, the trades, the Chivas trades this week and the game last night. Uh, we discussed um, uh, the uh, Philly situation and how kind of confusing those the whole thing is. And uh, then we were speculating how long until John Spencer gets fired in Portland. Okay, so I, I've been out of it for a few days on vacation. I really haven't been keeping up with much. What did Chivas give up for Aguadelo? Heath Pierce and allocation money and a bit large percentage of sell-on fees for Agadello, and they're still paying some of Heath Pierce's salary. Okay. So a lot, I guess and you could say. Caleb and allocation for Lahoud. Uh, no, Caleb for Lahoud. Caleb for Lahoud and allocation money. Wow. So, so I, I don't know if they gave up allocation money for... Uh, Agadello. I think, I think, I think they, it was the transfer money was involved in the Agudelo deal and the allocation money was in the Caleb deal. Right. Okay. All right. But, but the, let me ask you this. Um, who's first, Spencer or Vinter? Arena. You think? Spencer. <laughs> They're not going to fire a manager who won the championship that year, though, are they? A, a manager who won the championship and can't get his team to perform in the first 10 games? Well, he can barely get his team to show up after being in Greece. I mean, I don't know. It's just, I, you know, I was pissed off when I saw Bex in Greece on Friday morning. That's just ridiculous. You know, even, even if he leaves right now, he's, he's useless to us. He was. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I think, go to the LA Kings game today, though, so that's that. I think, uh, I think Venture's gone first. I'd be inclined to agree, but they've got a game on Wednesday night. That would, if he wins, that would save him for a few more weeks. If yep. they lose the Canadian Championship, he's going to be out Thursday morning. Yep. Because it has the CCL berth. But if he can get past Vancouver, then I think he's in for a couple more I weeks. Think, I, think, uh, I think he's the most deserving because his ego um, uh, has gotten in the way there. So, did you see where they really? reshuffled the front office again? Wow, oh, I missed that. It, it, but the, but, but it was not. But it were, there weren't any hirings and firings. It was ti- basically in titles and responsibilities. Well, they've got to do something. It's uh, but that's just all <laughs> paper. Too friendly to fire. That's that's <laughs> you know the same thing, right? It's just this, moving the same pieces around the chessboard. You still have you know right. sixteen pieces. It's the LA Galaxy. There you go. Rotate. But, uh, the rest of the team still sucks. Doesn't make sense. But have you seen the Coover- fire Mark, you need to go look at the Cooverman's video from last night. I'm sorry? Go find Danny Cooverman's. Google Danny Cooverman's worst team in the world on YouTube. Oh, that's, that's on okay. the original winger.com. Danny posted that this morning. Yeah, BPTOW. Check it out. It is depressingly sad. The guy, you know, the headline makes it sound like Cooverman's is calling out his team. You know, saying, We're, I'm on the worst team in the world. Watching it, you, you feel like you're watching Old Yeller on Quaaludes because you just want to ball your eyes out. This guy is at the end of his rope. I hope he's got some support up there and he's got you know um, somebody on a, on a 24-7 kind of monitoring, making sure that he doesn't do something to harm watch. himself. He's definitely on suicide watch. 
The ori- the original winger.com. Okay. De- All right. He's gone. Almost in that. Sorry, we, we just got to the hotel. The kids are trying to run around and everything, and we're going to meet the Wises for dinner. Oh, so. FC Shambles. Uh, Jordan and Christine. Hey, Jeff yes. Cameron got called up today. You want to jump on that bandwagon real quick? Woohoo! Did his there tweezers get called up to be everybody? <laughs> Come on. I mean, you know, he's a good player. Uh, I just. I, I really, really am sad that we're not having a balanced schedule because I would have moved hell and earth to get a press pass for when they came to town just so I could interview them and do a lightning round like this. <laughs> the whole interview, you know, totally cholod. And just, so, what? Jeff. Oh, yeah. sorry, did I scare um, you? What? Oh. Exactly. <laughs> oh, no, no. Yeah, you know, uh, so. Uh, yeah, too bad you didn't get called up yesterday. Who was the player that got called? Who was only four that got called up on Thursday? Was that, was that Dempsey? What? Benjamin. Dempsey was called up from before, man. Well, the, there was. I, I've been out of it. Was it fourteen called up here Wednesday? There were fourteen called up last week. Yeah, Tuesday or Wednesday, and right. Dempsey the only uh, only striker in that. Yeah. Right, and so oh. today he called up like five more guys. He called up Agadello. Altador, Herc, um, Wondolowski, Wondolowski, and Hercules Gomez. Gomez yeah. Yeah. There you go. You can see the amount of time Gomez, Gomez got to go. Hercules Gomez is in. Yay! Thank God. And you know what? Pitching. I'm 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 very happy that uh, Wando got called up because then we only have to worry about Alan Gordon on Wednesday. Right. Because I'm, <laughs> so, I'm you know last year he hung two on us with Toronto and kept us from winning the game. Uh, and I'm sure he, I was sure, you know, Gordolowski were going to hang like 10 on us on Wednesday. So maybe not only be three. Who knows? And Gordon had a, well, what about, had uh, another one last night to salvage a tie. You, you know what? Gordon is the most underrated player in the world. He will come up when it matters. He's proven that time and again in his career. He'll well, sacrifice his body and everything else to try and get that goal. He is the anti-buttle. <laughs> what about sacrificing your body? Both Blas Perez and was oh, was a Pajoy for Philadelphia? Both of those guys in that Dallas game last night injuring themselves on those diving yeah, headers. Goal scores. Um, wow. <laughs> Either someone just opened a soda or someone's got really uh, bad trots. Hank has a picture of margaritas at his desk. Nice. Uh, it was it yeah. was Carlos Valdez. No, excuse me. So I saw about five minutes of the Seattle game was, the other night. Who was it, Seattle? South Vancouver, two two. Yes, I but I saw it, and uh, there were a bit of uh, handbags going on hmm. with Osvaldo. Anybody, did anything come of that in the second half, or I, I, I had no I had no coverage in Jennings, Louisiana, so it was hard to Get do anything. Out. No, no there, there was nothing in the second half. I mean, you know, there were still there were no cards or anything from the referee. It's one of those where um, the original incident didn't involve Alonso. It didn't involve Osvaldo. It involved somebody else. And I can't remember the Vancouver player who it was, but then turned around and started moaning at Osvaldo as well, which is kind of where the two came together. I can't remember who it was. Um, I don't even remember who was playing with Vancouver that night. But it was yep. it was a pretty good game actually. Um, Vancouver, I know they had a bit of a hiccup last week, 
But uh, Hank, but what are you doing? What? But uh, they they put a good. You know, they were unfortunate to you know concede in the last couple of minutes to a Montero goal again, who seems to right. do quite well away from home. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, was it uh, who? It's the guy from Seattle that got chopped down at the end. Was it Rosales who got crunched um, in the corner? Yeah, yeah, that was Rosales. Yeah, that was brutal, man. Yeah, yeah. I think the disciplinary committee is probably going to look at a few challenges. I wouldn't be surprised if they look at Lahu again after what we were speaking yes. about earlier. Yeah, Lahu. Yeah. Right. Um, let's let's talk about the disciplinary committee again. As Brecce re- received three games for. Uh, for a little uh, a little toss right in the linesman's stones last week at uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> assuming linesmen have any stones. Hey, you kicked the well. Was it, it was a female linesman in New England last night. So would there be stones well, he, uh, in that case? Well, Did she do the offside rule? Well, there should, there should have been a couple of cards there. There should have been a yellow to Breck. Should have been a yellow to the Columbus player for simulation. In my in my opinion, which goes no you know goes nowhere and carries no weight. Um, but in his frustration, he flicked the ball up and basically just punted it right at the linesman and right in the stones, and the linesman didn't even flinch. Uh, no, foul was, no foul was called. Nothing was done. Nothing happened. Disciplinary committee gives Breck three games. Uh, which is, It's funny because... But Rafa, but Rafa Marquez got, what, four for breaking a collarbone? Three. Yeah, but Marquez... He's also got three for throwing a ball at Landon Donovan, so you kind of could kind of suggest that there's a little bit of That's symmetry I there. I thought the interesting thing about about Shea was that the referee did well not to get involved because I think if he'd gone steaming in and started booking people, um, the game could have kind of boiled over into a... That's right. cool. Hi. Hey, little man. What's going on? Can you say hello, Benjamin? Hi. I like your Batman shirt, Benjamin. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Totally you like this shirt, Benjamin? They will. <laughs> doesn't care about your shirt, Hank. I guess not. It's just my Go baby. see mommy. Go see mommy. Mommy and daddy. Yes, but. Uh, Chris, that's what I was looking for with the Marquez throwing the ball at, at Donovan for three games. That's what I was looking for. Right. Yeah. I mean, his his full games for Salinas was kind of ridiculous in comparison with that, but yeah, you can see the the correlation between Marquez and Breck Shea in this particular instance. Nice, nice boots, Ben. Yeah. Are those the ones you had to put on to go, go potty? <laughs> that was one yes. of the best tweets ever. Uh, I'm still amazed by that. I mean, uh, the point about Marquez and the collarbone and only getting four. That's, I, is that what Merrick Paulson tweeted about the other day? Actually, I think he only got three games for that as well. Yeah, he did. Three. It's only yeah, three. it was only three, wasn't it? Because I remember thinking he should get at least five, but I only gave him three. Wow. So, so do, do you think that it's, it's are, are almost like rolling the dice one to six? That's the number that we pick? Yeah. Now, you know, I don't know. There's something to be said for treating each instance as a separate instance. You know, for me, the thing with Marquez is that this is his second offense in less than a year that's gone in front of this committee, so to speak. I mean, I, at some point, you really have to start waiting. If you want to really deter the the behavior of the player, you really need to start treating it as cumulative actions. And, yeah, uh, it's a pattern of bad behavior as well. It's not yeah, like which is 
what they do for drug testing, right? And, and yeah. Various things. It's like the first is offense is X amount of games. The second is more games. And then, you know, third is like 100 games or whatever. But well, Like a Robert Downey Jr. rule. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll pay you more money the next movie if you right. Right. don't do it. We can't insure right. you for this movie. Um, right. <laughs> well, I, I understand that the MLS is trying to send a message because you could consider it an assault on a linesman or contact with a linesman or an official. Um, it was dumb. And Shay apologized for it, but this FC Dallas team is just decimated right now. Now, now let's go let's, let's go back a bit. Whatever happened to the uh, Jagoff from Houston who called the, line, the, the ball boy a... Uh, uh, he got banned for three games, I think it was. Colin Clark. Oh, it was more than that. Was it three or five? It might have been five. So, uh, that's, got, so, so that's a five-game ban. And sensitivity training. And sensitivity training, yeah. Marquez gets a four-game ban and break for breaking someone's collarbone, kicking them in the face, and tackling them NFL style. And break Shea gets a three-game ban for kicking the linesman in the stones inadvertently with the ball. Oh, sorry, it was three I games. Think, I, I don't for, think it was inadvertent. I mean, Clark. it was yeah. three games for Clark. I don't think yep. the Shea move was inadvertent. No, it wasn't. It was, I mean, it was a kick. It was a here. And what did Dallas do about it? They probably didn't do anything. To me, that's the bigger problem. I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive that he got called in. To what end? I don't know. I'm just, I just. See, that. He, that's, he, that's, he is also not on the national, not on the national team. team. Right. But and see, I'm wondering if that was also a call that was made and said, you know what, we're not going to let you play on the national team. I got no problem with that. But um, that will never come out if it was. I mean, Which is unfortunate. It should. There should be. It should. There. That kind of transparency would be great. And I am, I am completely ill at ease with the lack of transparency that the Galaxy has because we know nothing. We never get anything. You know, I, I don't know how bad it is with other teams and players not being allowed to tweet whatever is going on or really voice their opinion about anything other than the company line. But, you know, to I don't remember other than a statement what Houston did about Colin Clark either. You know, if, if these teams are not disciplining their own players or at least letting it be seen like they're not, I think that's an even larger issue than the – haphazard manner in which the the, 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 the uh, MLS committee is dealing out punishments. And it would be interesting to see what happens to a guy who does something naughty, but the disciplinary committee doesn't do anything about it. It would be interesting to see if a club after that says, well, all right, MLS didn't take action because you did this douchey thing, but we're not standing for it. You're going to be stood down for two games or we're going to fine you a week's wages or whatever. And is yeah. it taking any sort of power away from the referees when there was no foul called, no card given, uh, when Shea kicked the ball at the ref, or, or any of these incidents. Um, like there was a, a red card for uh, Salt Lake that was rescinded last week, after the fact. Well, no, because the ref's actions still affect the game. I mean, if a, if a ref sends off somebody in a, you know, in a third minute like he did with, there was a case for Real Salt Lake last year, I think it was against New England, actually. Yeah, Borchers. Borchers got sent off in the third minute. Right. And I think the Revolution won 3-2. No, Even if that red card had been rescinded, yeah, oh, it was 3-3, was it? Even if that card had been rescinded, the game 
yeah, the result still would have stood. So, you know, in the context of those 90 minutes when the game's taken place, the referee has absolute control. I don't think there's anything wrong with looking at incidents after the fact to see if there's anything more that can be done. And that's why UEFA and FIFA and the FA in England are very reluctant to kind of get involved with incidents where somebody has been booked. You know, you can't try and have the yellow card undone or you can't, you know, try and get it, you know, pushed up in severity to a red card because the, the way they look at it is to say, well, the referee's taken action in the course of the game. It's not our place to circumvent his decisions. What was the one that where there was no call uh, and then they go ahead and they issued a, a red? Um, you know, it wasn't like a yellow. In the case of Shari Joseph, it was a, a yellow card and then they made it a red after that. There was that a call. Was, that was the uh, opening game here in Dallas. The uh, tackle on uh, VR. Shari Joseph was upgraded to a red. Right. But then there was another one in the last week or so. What I'm blanking, forgive me. But the uh, the disciplinary committee, there was no card issued on the at all, and the disciplinary committee went out and then issued a straight red afterwards. Was that no, the? I don't know. Maybe that's the Breck Shea thing that I'm thinking of, but I don't Hold think it was Breck Shea. Let me look at the. Um, I know exactly what you're okay. talking about. I mean, uh, I think the, uh, the disciplinary committee is a good idea. Uh, Donso, Portland? Yes. What were yes. the, what were the circumstances the, for which Chicago the referee... On the 20th. Red yes, it was against Chicago, exactly. And then Espinosa um, got mm. a red card, and they were talking about maybe trying to get that rescinded, but that was during the game. Dis- disciplinary committee actions this week were Danso and Shea. Good luck getting that Espinosa flying elbow rescinded. I know, it was... It was you couldn't see a more blatant red card ever, could you? So might as well kiss the twenty-five grand uh, security bond goodbye. If you're gonna try and get that thing, I think they did change their mind, decide not to appear. Yeah, in the end. yeah. I think on further review, maybe yeah, not a good idea. Of actually looking at the tape where his elbow connects with the guy's head, we decided against it. Uh, the f- maybe they showed the replay for the first time. They said, "Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay." Yeah. And then you and then you look at the uh, at the list of uh, caution accumulation warnings. Uh, um, with four. Nyasi with four. Gomez with four. Boyd with four. Beckerman with four. Hasley with four. Those are your leaders in the clubhouse. Um, let's talk about goals of the week. Eric Woo-hoo! Hasley, by the way. Oh, not a league goal. Shut your mouth, Hank. Not eligible. Not for goal. Goal. Turn Is your it? mic off. Shut your mouth. <laughs> oh, that, was, that was quite a shot, though. That was amazing. That was probably goal of the year. If it was. We almost did another one yesterday. Actually, it went just over the not yesterday against uh, Seattle. In the last minute, it went just over the bar. Very similar. Wow. Well, it doesn't count. It's not. That's, that's not a goal. Well, I realized that. And, Thank and, you, Mark. And that was one of the things fancy. in the highlight. And the, they kept showing. He's like, <laughs> they practice that. That's their. That's their thing. Is they practice yeah. that. Um, Lee wins goal last week against Vancouver. Phenomenal as well. Yes, far better than David yeah, Beckham. Far better than David Beckham's. But David Beckham ended up getting his gaggle of teenage girls. Yeah, if Beckham's ever in the Goal of the Week nominations, he's gonna he's gonna win because they do it on a simple vote, and they're gonna he's, they're gonna get more fifteen year old girls. Yeah, to vote uh, for and, well, those, and, a lot of those fifteen year old girls are now wearing granny pants, right? I mean, 
past his prime and he's a hack and he still sells out the stadium every time he shows up and thousands of flashes go off every time he takes a corner kick. Wow, wow. He shouldn't have won it, but he did. We got to get past that. It was a good goal, though. I'm not saying it shouldn't have been nominated. It was a really good goal, goal, but I don't think it was better than the Lee Wayne goal. There were at least three goals that were better than David Beckham's. No doubt. And but the, the fact of the matter is, people got to stop getting butt hurt. No, I was going to say, getting hung up on it. You, you're going to, you know, it's what it is. Pray, it, it, it sucks, but those elitists of us who understand how better the other goals were just sound right. like douches complaining about it. We do sound right. rather douchey, let's don't talk, we? Let's, I do. Let's, well, talk, yeah. let's talk yeah. about douches and phenomenal goals. Who watched the Champions League yesterday? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent segue. <laughs> that was awesome. By my wife for following the game via Twitter. How great was it when Schweinsteiger could not watch Iron Robin miss the penalty kick? And when he when he missed the goal, he's like, "Come on, you gotta get up, you gotta get up, stand up, play, man. We missed. Get both coming." Oh. I don't know if I've ever seen a spawnier winner of the Champions League. Because in you know the last two games they played, that there was a penalty that was missed. Mm-hmm. I mean, how often does that happen in any kind of competition? Never mind a competition of that level. Um, and then they go behind in the, in the penalty shootout and still manage to come out on top. It was unbelievable. Right. Yep. Although I'd like to say Manuel Neuer taking a penalty yes. is brilliant. I love it when goalkeepers that take guy's a, That guy's a big son bitch, by the way. He is oh, huge. He really well. yeah. um, I, I want to uh, give it up and. Uh, Say what, what a beauty Drogba's goal was. Love him or hate yeah. him. Love him or hate him. That was a good. phenomenal goal set piece. So is he still going to China? I think that's where it's almost seems to be the most logical place. Or Qatar. Mm. I mean, places that are just going to throw money at him. Or oh, Columbus. Oh, no, wait. <laughs> Philly. <Columbus. laughs> that's what yeah. Noak's hoping for, right? Get him so to go can... to Philly. Well, they have Chelsea playing there in the All-Star game, don't they? There, there you go. So that's a bit of a coup for MLS. So he is going to Philly. Technically. Well, no, his contract will expire June the 1st, so. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, that, that was the thing, so. is that they, they love to just keep saying, this is, you know, this is the last shot he's going to take for Chelsea. It's the last shot. He couldn't, you know, he didn't get to do it in Moscow because he was suspended. And um, as, a, as a soccer fan, I enjoyed the game, and I, I liked the second half a lot it more was... than I liked the first half. Um I like colonoscopy more than I like well, the first half. Yeah, I, I got to see about 10 minutes of the, what, honey, about 10 minutes of the first half we watched? About 10 minutes of the first, yeah, she won't even talk to me now. About 10 minutes of the first half that we watched, and uh, it was horrible, mm-hmm. just horrible. And that's almost like, you know, that's like when we had, had the, uh, uh, the world, not the World Cup final, the... Um, How's that smell, Chris? Marvelous, thank you. The, the uh, Nigel de Young... Uh, Straight, straight kick in the chest. You know, right. That was, it's like that's here. Let's show the world. Let's show the world our sport on the grand. You know, the the biggest game, and you get. Tempers yeah. just scored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the, and the previous World Cup, it was Zidane head right. Matarazzi. You kind of think they save these things up for when Fox are watching. <laughs> how how bad was the broadcast around the country? So I know the feed that I had. Well, not the feed. The body. And Jennings was horrible. It went out for like five minutes in the first half, you know. But other than that, it was fine for me. My biggest problem was them using the NFL music. Right. The Fox. Well, they do the same thing for UFC. The Fox feed was horrible. You could see the lines 
the 16 by the 4 by 3 separating from the 16 by 9 and the 16 by 9 area was almost um, was fuzzy but you could tell but you could tell they were picking up a feed from um, from another obviously picking up yeah from they were getting secondary, secondary feed because obviously. whenever they would switch between they were switching between feeds because at one point in the first half they switched and you had uh, you had yeah, different yeah, commentary. Yeah, That's you, had right. better, yeah. you had a better feed and different commentary. Then it switched back to uh, Gary Tev- yeah. Gary Neville and uh, yeah, Tyler was it? Martin Tyler. And then yeah. and the feed was worse, but you could tell that they were using those two feeds going in and out of studio and commercial break because they would switch to the good feed, and you would be able to see it. Or there would be a long crossing pass, and the ball would pixelate or freeze, and it was like, yes. oh, jeez. The best thing was Brad Friedel's accent. <laughs> better since last year. That's brilliant. And I, I didn't, I didn't see the, the thing after they won the thing. But of course, Tottenham aren't in the Champions League next year now that Chelsea right. have won it. It would have been nice to see his the look on his face after Drogba. Well, I can tell you that in but, the uh, in this in the wrap up, uh, Rob Stone basically just gave it to him. Uh, um, Unmercifully, uh, yeah. I, <laughs> without really? loop was the phrase that I texted to somebody, uh, because he, he, he was just like he didn't want to mention it. But he kind of was like, "Well, Brad, your team just lost out on thirty-two million dollars, and you're not going to the Champions League." Friedel hands Friedel handles it really well, and everything's great. But they kept the camera on him for five uncomfortable seconds after he was done talking. Yeah. Wow. Well, wow. there you go. I bet he was popular afterwards, Rob Stone. But I think I think uh, Redknapp. I think Friedel went over and kicked his ass. I think Redknapp ass. was working one of the Sky Sports feeds. I think. Really? Oh, so he was cheering whenever Bayern got the yeah. ball. So he? so uh, Spurs drop. Spurs and Newcastle now drop down to the Europa League spots. And uh, so so who is our with Liverpool, Liverpool is is out. No, Liverpool no, they're in the, in the Europa League because the they won the Carling Cup. So Newcastle's the one that lost yeah. out, correct? Newcastle's still in because they were the fifth spot. So it's the winner of the FA Cup and the uh, winner of the Carling Cup and, and fifth place go, yeah. to, go there. But because Chelsea won Champions League, uh, won the FA Cup, they forfeited their spot in the Europa Cup because they won the Ch- right. Champions League. So there's an extra spot there. So it would have gone to the runner-up of the FA Cup, but that's Liverpool. They had already qualified. So goes to yeah, so there's, there's four Euro- four Champions League teams and three Europa teams, right? Yep. Right. Anything more than that just gets ridiculous because then you're getting to, you know, you, it's, you're already looking at a third of the teams in the Premiership next year. And an in interesting Europe. fact I saw yesterday was if Bayern would have won, Anderlecht would have uh, also qualified for Champions League. Wow. And elect? Oh, because of the uh, coefficient thing, right? So there we go. There's all that. There's all that math for you, uh, Mark. Mm-hmm. You're in Houston for how long? Tonight we fly yeah. home in the morning. And yeah. then uh, when are you in Austin for X Factor? I'm not. That got scrubbed because I have to prep my E3 oh, gig. Yeah. This I was supposed to be in Austin loading in tomorrow morning, and that got pushed away because I have to do my other gig I'd already committed to. So much for telling you I was going to make a trip down to Austin. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah I can get you tickets. If um, you want. no. Well, isn't there a big uh, U.S. Open Cup game in Austin two days from now? Right. Are the Aztecs? Uh, the yeah, former Aztecs are they now the Aztecs again? Yes. 
Yeah, so we talked we talked about that uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, right. so I make awesome. so I make hello to to James Clay and Everly, Everly's Army and all those guys. Yes, um, we know I know. Watching. Well, they are. They tweet and they think it's for the shoutouts. Um, I know that uh, FC Dallas is, has a Open Cup game on the 29th, and the results the results Dallas. will be or the that will be announced on the 23rd. So I guess the game is the games are on the 22nd this week. San Antonio plays Laredo Heat on Tuesday. San Antonio Scorpions. El Paso Patriots play the Charlotte Eagles. That's who we get. The, that's who we get the winner of. I think. Yes, that's who you get the winner of. And I'm looking for I'm looking for Aztecs, but I don't see him. I don't see the Aztecs. What were you saying, Mark? I think we get the Railhawks. Yeah. If well, you get the Railhawks or PSA Elite. Who beat up on the uh, Portland Timbers U23 team? So they're playing really, really well. They're probably going to kick Carolina's butt. So you'll end up playing PSA. Isn't that who Dubois went to go see? Was raving about? Yeah. With their two rat tails on their bench. Exactly. Exactly. So good stuff, though. It's. uh, I love this time of year. I'm hoping that. Long Island beats Harrisburg City, so I don't have to drive out to Harrisburg to watch the U.S. Open Cup this year. Otherwise, I'm going to have to go find a more local team like D.C. United. Mark, stop trying to sex eyes. <laughs> nice. Leaning towards the bed. Uh, for those of you just joining us on the audio version of this podcast, be glad. <laughs> for those of you watching yeah. now, I apologize. Uh, good thing I just navigated off the screen. Um, yeah, betting Chris Matthews to right. walk in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh God, there it is. Yeah. Uh, gentlemen, I'm going to seven I'm gonna go delay. and wrap it up. Unless you guys have anything you want to throw out there. Uh, I'm actually going to say to Mark, why wasn't Birchall and Hader invited to the White House last week? I w- I would love to know. Um, I think my my guess is that uh, like Wiki offered Hader a good job. And he neglected, or he declined, and chose to go with Columbus instead. Right. Uh, oh, jump in the front office. Yeah, he's an ambassador now for Columbus. Uh, I, yes, and I also right. believe that uh, there's still some bad feelings that Birchie tried to apply his trade in England uh, for the sake of his family rather than for football. Oh. Uh, I think there may be. I think there may be some bad blood there. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But how much would you like to have, like to have Birchall back right now? You know what? I, I don't know. I can't really say. I, I I don't know. I would love to know what the problem is, but not a single player that tweets will say anything other than, hey, thanks for the support. we got to get this fixed. Hey, That's you got to go the, watch Coberman's, man. I tell you, it could be worse. Watch Coberman's. I, I know. Um, you know it could what? Be I, worse. I survived 2008. I can survive this. Um, but it's devastating. At the same time, I just want to laugh at all the people who are like, oh, man, we got Buttle back. We're going to rule the league. And we lose Mark. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, oh, great. We got Buttle back. We're going to suck. You know, it just, it's just it's unfortunate. Like I told Chris the other night, he coughs up more balls than Richard Simmons. So I just, you know. <laughs> Oh, I thought we were yeah, almost it. so far without having to mark this as explicit. Oh, is it? But I won't. <laughs> um, 
Well, you know, remember, like, we were, t- we were in the second or third week of the season, and Marcus like, everybody get off the ledge, don't worry about it, everybody get off the ledge, you're going to write the ship. And I don't think the ship has been righted, and I think it's... I used the phrase House of Cards earlier. Um, I, I think something needs, something big needs to happen. Uh, Keane needs to bring... Oh, this is sound horrible, I'm not wishing this on him. I'm just saying this kind of, as an example, we're keen to break his leg in the Euros. Uh, were Beckham to trip over his ego. Something massive needs to happen to shake this team up. I don't know what it's going to be, but something needs to happen because they've got all the talent in the world to just trounce everybody around them. You don't think the terrible start is enough to shake them up? Because they've been terrible the whole year so far. They've been terrible the whole year. And my biggest concern right now is we have two games this coming week, and then we're off for four weeks and one day. And I'm willing to bet dollars to donuts that Arena is going to give them at least three of those weeks completely off. Which is, in my book, the wrong thing to do. Yeah, I would, I would think, so. I would think do they have any losing friendlies? to a team for the first time in five years might be enough to get your attention. You would think it would, and I hope it will be. But uh, you know, after the last game, Landon Donovan, in, in one of the uh, post-game report, in one of the post-game uh, interviews, Actually said, I, I would find I would be hard pressed to find anyone who said we didn't play our hearts out in that game. We did. They it just didn't fall our way. And I remember reading that, thinking, what the hell game was he watching? So that being said, I know we're wrapping up. Uh, it's not a house of cards. It's going to get righted. It's not as quickly as I thought it would. And we're going to be fighting to make. Hey guys, before we sign off, we should pour one out for the. Uh... Women's Professional Soccer Association. <laughs> Not that Hank needs an excuse, but let's go ahead. Pull one out for Sunday, Hank. There you go. But we knew I that. Hank was just going to say we need to pour yeah. one out. Yeah, pour one out. What the hell? Yeah. The... But no, it's bad news, but uh, I'm inspired by all these little micro leagues that are forming around the country. I think. Yeah, I gonna... think. I think it'll come back eventually. Not but, not WPS, but WPSL right. or whatever it's called. And... A women's league will come back, and I'm going to sound like a dick for saying this. And Women United FC is going to jump all over me for it. So is everyone else going to get butt hurt by it? Well, but it's going to come back, but it's not going to be, and it can't succeed trying to be as high profile as MLS. No, it can't. Can't. No, the money you can support the it financially. It's not there. It's going to come back as a sidearm of MLS squads. Yeah, like with Seattle. Or it's, DC United now, or yeah. it's, or it's going to be on par with what we would consider USL Pro. Well, yeah, I, think, I think it's going to be a longer road to get any kind of recognition for you know a women's league. And I'm not saying they don't deserve it because I loved watching WPS. Those ladies played their hearts out, and often Sunday games and, and WPS were better than Saturday games in MLS. I have no problem saying that the women deserve the recognition; they deserve everything. Problem is, they're not going to get the, the butts in the seats. They're not going to get the sponsorships. And it's just not going to happen. It's yeah, because more- there aren't enough Hope Solos and Alice Morgans and Abby Wombacks to go around. Yeah. That's the simple fact. You know, if every team was made up of 11 players of that type, then they probably wouldn't have a problem. But people aren't going to go and see women who they, they've never heard of. And I think That's we saw with the World Cup last year, the skill level was there. The, World Cup was the, the Women's World Cup last year was the best World Cup I've seen. In my lifetime, it was brilliant. 
and I'm including the men's World Cup as well in that. Yeah, who's Allison Faye? And the, and the over the overwhelming and overruling problem of all of this is talent in MLS isn't all that great comparatively across the board. However, their characters, great guys, all that adds up in the fan support. I was explaining to my uncle last night, the sport is growing. It's not growing by leaps and bounds, but it's growing passionately. It's growing strongly. It's not growing quickly. It's growing passionately and strongly. The people who are coming to the sport new these days are coming in wholeheartedly with everything they have. Now, that being said, to try and spread that over to a women's league just isn't going to happen. As a country, we're not going to accept a characterful woman as someone to, as a reason to go watch a team or tune into a, a broadcast. Chris is right. There aren't enough Hope Solos. There aren't enough uh, baby horses to make enough men tune in that then everyone else will tune in. It sounds pretty sexist, and it is, but it's also the truth. It. It's true. It's true. And, it, and it just sucks because I loved watching WPS. It, those ladies played in a way that I wish a lot of MLS players would. Without fear. Without fear. And riding the bus. Riding a bus to away games. Those girls in ignorance. I mean, they were amazing, and I, I, the fact that I don't get to watch Tasha Kai every week pisses me off. It's sad. But, you know, she'll be playing her in a little micro league somewhere, and you'll be able to see her there. Yeah, and hopefully they're going to pay her a decent wage, and she can make a living at it. That's my hope, that wherever, wherever these leagues pop up, the girls aren't going to get rich. They should, but they're not going to. But hopefully that can be their livelihood while they're doing it. They don't have to do anything else. I, I hope that comes to fruition. Well, there we go. So, so the Allison Faye. Should we know the Allison Faye? She's a Yankees fan on Twitter who harasses Red Sox oh. people. I don't like her. She's 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 the human equivalent of. I won't, never mind. <laughs> um, Allison's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As we all give each other the signal, I think that's our uh, that's our time to wrap up. I'm going to go ahead and do the plugs. See do what the I plugs. did there. You can follow me at at Twitter underscore dumb. They can't hear you when I do the t- plugs, guys. So you can say whatever you want. Uh, you can follow Sarah at Hallbird. Uh, there's a dirt. There's a dirty rumor she'll be on the show next week because she will sitting be sitting right next to me. Uh, you can follow Mark at sc underscore beaner lights. You can follow Hank at hisco five. Uh, you can also check him out on the midnight ride us, the midnight ride podcast, TMR podcast at TMR podcast. You can follow Chris at Chris J Ballard. You can catch him out on Around the League at at ATL CSRN or on the web at csrnusa.com. You can follow us at Top of the Table TV. Everything's on the web at to- everything is on the web top of the table dot TV. And nobody heard any of that. Thank God. Uh, yep, yeah, Sarah will be in town. She will be in Dallas next week. And uh, yeah, I, she asked uh, what was the best time to do dinner, and I said five thirty on Sunday, so you could do a flipping show. So Sarah <laughs> will be sitting next to me next week. Great. You're gonna have to sit further away from the camera, then, otherwise you won't both yeah. get in. And we want well, we want all yes. three of you in. Oh, you mean because Parker's gonna be here with her? 
Yeah. Make sure to put her right. in a bar stool. Bar stool and strapped in so she can't move around too much. Off. Yeah. Yes. yes. I would recommend the, like, the Roadrunner sign so we can understand what she's saying as well. <laughs> Chris, what's on your shirt? Amoeba. It's a uh, Pac-Man. Oh, very nice. Oh, okay. Nom, 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 nom. Nom, nom, nom. Uh, okay. Yeah. Anything for anybody? Anybody got... I'm just going to continue to watch FC Dallas players go down in heaps, so... Yeah, if you have Galavision, you can watch the Portland Timbers right now. Apparently yeah, I'm going to go with that. Nothing. I don't no know. Idea. I can't see it from here. Who are they playing? Chicago. Chicago. Okay. Oh, there we go. <laughs> All right. For uh, for Chris, Mark, and Hank, I'm Brian. Thanks for joining us. I want to thank Jeff Katz for, uh, and the good people at Week. And if anybody ever sees Jeff Katz again, uh, let us know because he's disappeared. So. <laughs> As long as we continue to come on here, that works for us. Uh, that's it. See you later.